The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Hey, nerds, discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio. Wait, uh, what? No, it is. Oh, hold on. J7. Hey, all right, it's Friday. <laughs> hey, J7. I don't know, fellas. I got a bad feeling about this. Okay, there we go. It is Wookie Radio, and we are the Smugglers 3. Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How are you guys doing? Um, well, not good now because it's not actually Friday. <laughs> so, I know. I but Friday, I wouldn't be here. I I had to mess with things because I screwed it up last week in the beginning of episode three hundred. Last week, okay. Last okay, week was other week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tonight, what, six years now, seven years, almost six years. Six years in July. Mm-hmm. Wait, oh, seven years in July. Holy cow! I know because Geek Quadrant One um, ended at eight years in January, so. Yeah, seven years in July. July uh, it was July, July 2016. We started. Wow. Hmm. Somewhere I had a post-it note that had all the dates. I have no clue where that went. Oh, wait. Well, our post-it note had just fallen on the floor. I found it. July 25th, 2016. So July 25th will be our seven-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Mighty Marvel Geeks will be 10 years old, 11-3-2013. And Weeby Geek will be 11 years old, 11-17-2012. Up from 2012. So, um, check out the homepage, wookieradio.net. Support our affiliates like Biddy Boomers. Use code Weeby Geeks for 15% off your purchase from Biddy Boomers. Uh, Red Flag Workshop, Smuggler 3 for 25% off your, your patches and sticker needs for Star Wars National Park patches. Wookie from Rebel Sabers for 10% off your Saber needs and Derek needs to send us his Saber design so we can get that sent in. Oops. Yes, he does. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm missing someone. Uh, did you hit Heroes Villains? 
did not, but I believe our code Weeby Geeks still works at Heroes and Villains. Last I saw, I did. Just straight up Weeby Geeks. Straight up Weeby Geeks, all one word. And what do we get for that? 10%. Nice. Hey, anything is a sa- great savings. Mm-hmm. So, um, and since episode 300 has dropped, we'll be doing a giveaway in conjunction with um, our 300th episode. We will have a sticker set from Red Flag Workshop, a book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian Biddy Boomer that will be given away. That's the set. You can't just have one. You got to have two. So you can link them together and have stereo. Um, and when do I get to join that contest? <laughs> I know. He always gives this stuff to all of them. Nope. <laughs> all of them. All of them. <laughs> Being our faithful listeners. <laughs> them. Um, and then uh, possibly working on a few other items before I get the, I'm trying to get a couple other things brought together before doing, uh, before starting the giveaway. But I've already got the idea of what the question's going to be that you got to answer. Oh boy. Yep. Has to go back to when we chatted with Dan last week on episode 300. Dan Madsen. Oh man, I wasn't paying attention. Was I there? Yes, we were all were there. Ken wasn't, Ken wasn't there. Ken wasn't there for the Sabak show. Oh yes, that's right. That's right. Yes. Which was a fun episode too. The what show? The Sabak. Where we had Jeremy and Stefan from uh, Outer Rim Sabak League ah. group on Facebook talking about different uh, Sabak uh, can- cantinas, right? Is what they call it. Yes. Different roles and just variety of things. Ah, okay. And and Derek still down a man, still won Smuggler's Feud. A one one for us, Ken. Nice. You probably played better than when I'm there. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I think I think the other guys just. I don't. I think the other guys. It took them a, a a few tries before they really understood what was happening. Yeah. With the game. So. Um, starting off, we're going to cover some collectibles. We're going to cover some Soka. Uh, there's a quiz that we're all going to take at the end of this. It's in the show notes. Um, I was told there would be no test. Uh, whoever told you that. Um, I don't remember that. Did someone erase my memory banks when I wasn't looking? I ask that every morning. <laughs> um, so Disney, some collectible stuff. Disney launches on shopdisney.com a range of Star Wars holocron and kyber crystal collectibles. Problem is the collectible the kyber crystals are sold out on shopdisney.com. But they had the white, the red, the blue, and the yellow kyber crystals, which is odd that they had white and not not um not the green. Um, not green. <clears throat> and the the only other color missing is the purple. Of course, if you ordered red, there was a chance that you could have gotten a black kyber crystal. So, um, but you now, of course, these kyber crystals can be inserted into the Jedi and Sith holocrons to activate lights and sound effects. The holocrons are available on shopdisney.com. Oh, Hol- really? Yep. The holocrons are going for forty nine ninety nine. Um, now, keep in mind, Disney is running a sale. Uh, never mind, sales over. <laughs> I was say they're they're running a sale. Um, for 20% off 100 or more, 25% off 150 or more, free shipping on orders of 75 or more, but that ended on the 14th. Um, now, the kyber crystals will work in the lightsabers that you make from Safi's workshop, but they do not work in the ones sold on Shop Disney or the ones that you buy from Doc Ondar's. So, now here's some, here's some info 
about the, the holocrons. Jedi and Sith holocrons, they light up. Sound effects include lightsaber sounds and Jedi and Sith character voices. Uh, a USB-C plug-in includes the USB-C cable to charge up the, the device. Uh, works with kyber crystals sold separately. Different crystals create different sound effects and even lighting effects. Uh, comes in a Black Spire Outpost bag and is inspired by the Star Wars saga. I would hope so. <laughs> I will say these are pretty cool. Um, I do not have either one of these at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. I have not decided if I'm going to get one. I do have the crystals. I don't have holocrons. And yes, you can put a red holocron in a Jedi or a red crystal in a Jedi holocron and it will corrupt the holocron. Permanently? Interesting. Not permanently. Aw. But you cannot put a Jedi crystal in a Sith holocron. Oh, you can put it in there. It just it won't read it. Not the same way. You have been rejected. Emotional damage. So, um, yeah. They look cool. They are very, they are cool. I'm curious. I don't know. The, I think, um, I almost like the look of the, um, ones that came with the, uh, Jedi path and the book of the Sith originally for the big box sets of those even better than these though. But those are cool. They'd come and open up and they had the book inside and yeah, for, yeah. for me, <clears throat> I will not be getting these through shopdisney.com. Okay. I wonder why. Because shopdisney.com does not give me my discount. You could probably get them at the cast store in about a year. <laughs> uh, I have almost bought uh, some in, at the cast store. See? But they, they, were, they were broken, so the, the corners wouldn't spin back into forming it into a, a triangle or a cube or a pyramid or a cube. I'm like, eh, no. Yeah, no. Is that why they were in the cast store? Because they yeah. were broken? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they go there for like seventy. Um, they're in a in an area where they're seventy five percent off. Mm. So if I wanted one where the one where the corner stayed in operating mode, and I could get the others to stay the same way, and I did one that was the cube and one in in show mode, I would do it. But every time I have, I, it's yeah, you know, they're 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 pretty beat up. Um, that's where I got my Luke Skywalker helmet from. Oh yeah. The only thing missing from it's the microphone. Which I care less. I have the helmet and the electronics work on it too. <laughs> but yeah, right now I I get no discount on it. Like, yeah, no. Whereas I do get my discount in the parks, so I get my di- I'll go that route and get my discount in the parks. Uh, speaking of collectibles, Star Wars Unlimited card game has revealed uh, pre-order, launch date details, and even gameplay details. <clears throat> After. Yeah, the other- article you have on here that actually has some of the pictures of it. It's actually a cool looking game. After the failure of Star Wars Destiny, which I didn't realize that was a failure. I didn't realize that either. I, it never took off where they the way they wanted. That was the dice game, wasn't it? Uh, it was a dice and card game, I thought. Yeah, it's the, that it never took off the way they hoped it would. Wait, was it a think, card game? I don't think no, it was um collectible dice game. Yeah. Which is weird to try to do anyway. Yeah. But, Especially for um, cost perspective, right? The card game is it costs next to nothing to make, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I know this. I have um, a bunch of the old school Star Wars um, trading card game, the original Decipher one, sitting behind me on a shelf. I have I have one that's based on um, either Attack of the Clones 
a Revenge of the Sith? There was one. Yeah, it was partially. If I remember, Attack of the Clones had one, um, but it was it was kind of limited collectible. It, it was collectible, but it wasn't as widespread as like the like a Magic or a Yu Gi Oh or a Pokemon. Right. Now that um, I, I have that. that. I have that, that original Star Wars card game. Oh, I I used to have so much fun with that playing that with oh. my friends. That my gateway drug to gaming was um, both the Star Trek Next Generation card game and the Star Wars. Ooh, I've never played that one. What the Star Trek? Yeah, that was out before Star Wars, it's Cipher, same company made them. Oh, I didn't oh. even know that. They were out before um, Wars, and actually, it came out like ninety four, ninety five, and it was oh, still wow. running until about twenty ten. Eventually, they shut down. Hmm. I want to say the set I have. <sighs> either from uh 2000 or no maybe later it was the card game that came with the play mat the game mat and the and the dice yeah i think i have that one too it was like um i still have the cards it was like a jedi training game or something like that no jedi something like that no the one i've got is not a not a jedi it's based around one of the movies Hmm. there was also the um what you call it um oh i forget what it's called but they um i forget who put it out it was Games Workshop or something put out the one they call it um, a living card game or something like that. They call it because it wasn't collectible, but you could um, interchange and make your own deck out of each out of what was there. But you have the complete set sitting there to build decks out of. That may be what I have. I don't remember. I have to. I'll have to look for it. Uh, anyway, um, Fantasy Flight Games went back to the drawing board and uh, decided Star Wars trading card was the way it was going to go. So they are launching Star Wars Unlimited in collaboration with Lucasfilm. The game will feature heroes, villains, ships, and settings from across the Star Wars galaxy. And it's described as a fast-paced, dynamic game that is both easy to learn and strategically deep. The game was announced earlier this month, and FFG followed up today with a sneak peek at gameplay. Here's what we know. We'll include over 200 cards in the first set, Spark of the Rebellion, alone meaning that there will be endless strategic combinations and play styles that you can utilize in an attempt to destroy your opponent's base before they destroy yours. Uh, They plan to announce more details about deck building and other nuances in the future, but today they released the teaser trailer and revealed the following about the overall gameplay. Each round consists of you and your opponent alternating back and forth, performing a single action each turn. Almost everything you do in the game is an action, such as playing a card, attacking with a unit, activating an ability, etc. Figuring out which action to use at a given time is a huge part of the game's strategy. And since your opponent can potentially respond to anything you do with their action, each round is dynamic and possible to predict. So I'm assuming Magic the Gathering on steroids? Possibly. Well, everybody is trying to be Magic the Gathering on steroids. Yeah, basically. Um, <clears throat> the only one that's ever come close, well, the only two is uh, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! And it's two totally different type of games than what Magic is, but they're the only ones that are actually stayed, stuck around. These cards look gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I love the, that it's actual artwork. It's not um, yeah, like photo. Yeah. Not screen grabs. Yeah. They actually spent the time to have artists draw the cards. <laughs> but does, do you think... Do we know whether or not it's going to be like space battles or character battles or ah, a mix? A strategic element to the game relates to your play area, which is uh-huh. divided into two different arenas, a ground arena and a space arena. 
Ah. Each unit can only be played into one or the other, which means every battle in Star Wars Unlimited takes place on two separate fronts. Mm. See, that's always the problem or the, the hard thing about these types of games that it is such broad. That's why most of the games would focus on either a um, ground starship or. type of or um, yeah, uh, space battles, ground battles or one on one combat. See, right now, I, I'm kind of liking this idea. I got to see how it plays. It sounds interesting. Uh, some guards are, or some cards are able to affect units in either arena. For example, many leaders such as Luke Skywalker uh, and Darth Vader have abilities that could affect any unit regardless of the arena. Leaders are powerful cards and that can act as a centerpiece to your deck. A typical leader has both an undeployed side where it starts the game and a deployed side, which is also a unit. See, I, I could I could deal with this. You get one person who's focused on, on ground and you could take them out in space. And then as you draw their focus there, you come back and counter on ground and build up. Yeah. If you're, you're paying have, attention to what's going on. Yeah, you get, the, the good players are going to have to um, actually build a balanced deck between the two. Yeah, but a, a good player's also got to really be able to think in a, in a multi-plane. And I think that's hard to do. Whereas for me, I, I could do that easily. Mm. So this may be the card game that I finally get into. Mm-hmm. I will not because I don't have the money to keep going to um, get it to be buying into. Like I said before the show. I just sold most of my magic cards to get because I, I wasn't playing and it's just they take up way too much space. Yeah. Y- you know, I can see it's going to cost a lot of money to actually play this well. Most of these types of games, it's you can't, it's real hard to just buy like a starter deck and like a couple of packs and say, okay, I can play. Yeah. We, we had that with, um, oh, what was the game that we got? The card game we all got, Derek from Weeby Geeks. Oh, wow. On the um, spoils. Yes. Oh yeah, I have a bunch of the spoils cards because I played it at Gen Con. Spoils, spoils is fun. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, but... A long time ago, we had them on, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah, they're I was, not around I anymore either. It's 2017. They're not around right. anymore. No, they're not around anymore. Oh yeah. Um. Now, it's... yeah. When I <clears throat> when I started playing card games like this was back in 94, 95, and um, at that point, Magic had gotten huge, so everybody was trying to get into it. And See, you were seeing, I never got into, I could have bought it a Pokemon as it first dropped, but I had seen like every month, four or five card games were coming out. They were getting super hot. Everybody was trading them. And two months later they were dead. Yeah. So I thought for sure it was going to die off. Yu-Gi-Oh was going to die off. Magic was the only thing that was going to stay. Now I'm kicking myself for not buying like six boxes of Pokemon and just sitting on them. <laughs> I, I, I am killing myself that when Epcot, the Japan Pavilion had what was heavy on the Japanese Pokemon cards. But I bought a couple boxes to take to my niece. I'm surprised. I am shocked. I didn't hold on to them. A couple boxes for myself. Yeah. Oh, I have a friend who, when Magic first dropped in '93, I think it was, was working at a game store, and um, he invested and bought a pallet of Alpha, the original set, and it was still stretch wrapped and had it sitting in a storage area for like seven years. And when he finally opened it up and sold it off, he paid off college and bought himself a Jeep. Wow. Well, (laughs) here's a quote. Ensuring this game was accessible to all players was key for us. So whether you're a casual player, competitor, or collector, there's something for everyone in this game. Straightforward mechanics are the driving force behind the design. 
It's clean and concise with no gimmicks, a card game in its purest form. Jim Cartwright, product strategy director for Fantasy Flight Games. So it, guess what? <laughs> it is nice to see that Fantasy Flight is doing something other than Jamaican dice. <laughs> I am now going to try and get Jim Cartwright on the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to think almost or probably Fantasy Flight still sits on probably at least 75 to 80% of the Star Wars tabletop gaming market. Oh, yeah. There's a couple other companies like I, I dropped another story into the thing or, or into the list right behind this one about another game that's just dropping. The, um, it's a different company, but it's like it, there's a couple other companies making a couple little things. But Fantasy Flight still has the majority of the gaming market for Star Wars. Well, what I mean, the role playing game is still going. Uh, I believe um, X-Wing minis and Armadas are still going. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. So, so what's this other game that you dropped the story in? I, I uh, the other kept, one is called Star Wars Shatterpoint, and it is from uh, it is um, a miniatures game from Atomic Mass Games, the same people who make Star Wars Legion. Uh, they make Star Wars Legion. They also make Mike. You might recognize uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol. Yes. Yeah. It's the same company that makes all of those. So this is a straight. It is a um, regular traditional minis game, but this one's based around small squads, uh, and the core set. The actual game comes out in June. Um, and the writer of the article here for comicbook.com didn't get a chance to actually play the game yet, but he said but mainly he got the miniatures out and started painting them. And the base set that he had, the, from the figures I can see here, it is a uh, um, Clone Wars era. You got a couple of Mandalorians, Ahsoka, Anakin, Asajj Ventress, Darth Maul, um, all your regular players, some clone troopers, some battle droids. Um, and it, it looks really cool. Hmm. Uh, some of the stuff they have on here is um, uh, it takes obviously it takes some time to build. Like uh, he said, the main characters there, um, it takes a little bit because you actually do have to build and paint all these from scratch. So it's like Warhammer or any of the actual traditional mini sets, which could be a pain. Like I'm not an artist, so yeah. I, I have a, I actually have a um, starter set for Warhammer sitting downstairs. I've had it for like seven years. I still I opened it up and looked at it and I'm like there is no way. <laughs> I've never, oh. I've never even attempted to paint a miniature. Oh, I, I used to, yeah. I used to paint all the time. Vicky, my wife loves to do that stuff, but I, I just not, it's not me. But they, he says here, Anakin, Asajj, and Maul each have about sixty-seven pieces, where Ahsoka actually has ten pieces. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like I said, it looks really cool. Um, I've heard some really great stuff about Star Wars Legions. So this one here, especially being smaller yeah, squads, should be pretty good. I. I actually bought uh, some barricades from Star Wars Legions to use with my uh, my vintage with my uh, my figures for the three and three quarter inch. I mean, yeah, they're not they're they're the smaller scale, but you know they work great for setting up little barricade things. Mm. Yeah, you know, just to help with the display for some. Uh, well, I think there was a box that came with either six or eight these little triangular Imperial barricades. Cool. Uh, one of the major differences they said here between the minis for Shatterpoint compared to Legion is that um, the Shatterpoint minis are actually larger than the Legion minis. So they're hypothetically easier to build and paint. How Since these are based around, up. well, these are, this is based around squad battles. So it's, um, and so it's actual individual character battles, not um, ground units, um, uh, mm. artillery and all that stuff. So you don't have walkers, you don't have chicken walkers and speeders and stuff like that in this. Right. So, like I said, this from looking at it, I don't have any kind of scale on this, but they look like about the size of Heroclix 
or the um, Hero Escape. If you guys ever played that, so I don't know about what two inch or so, three inch tall, not even three inches tall, one and a half to two inches probably. I'm looking and it doesn't have any kind of actual scale written down here. Yeah, but like I said, they look really cool. It'll be interesting to see once um, we get some reviews coming in on how the game plays. To see, I mean, then again, Atomic Mass Studios or Games has been making minis games for um, licensed properties for a while now, so <coughs> it should play good. There is a company that knows what they're doing. You know what I mean? Right. I will. I will definitely say um, when it comes to Unlimited, check out over on the Weeby Geeks Podcast Collective. Ira Bell. Uh, we had her on the show. Uh, she has updated her podcast from uh, being just Star Wars Lucana to now Lucana and Unlimited. So uh, I would say a great source for for show for uh, um, for news and and updates on you know the trading card games. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would definitely not, not just because she's on the show, you know, part of the network. I mean, just a great resource. Uh, that's a resource that you, know, you, you can't surpass, and it's absolutely a great resource to have. So, um, up next, Star Wars Ahsoka gets a premiere date. Kinda. <laughs> well, apparently the upfronts were this week. Yes. So yeah, it was funny because um, Warner Brothers actually um, messed up with some AEW stuff. Yeah, no one uh, was releasing information about that new show until after tonight. Yeah, and it's hmm. oops. Was it AEW Collision? They're yeah. calling it. It's going to be on Saturdays, live show on Saturdays. AEW CM Punk show. It's a what? The CM Punk show. Oh, gee. I will talk about that after this. All afterwards. Anyway, uh, the premiere date for Ahsoka is August thirty first. It was spotted over on the Disney Movie Insiders page, which has now been deleted since reports released. I think someone's job got deleted too. Quite possibly. <laughs> um, now. It was talked about at celebration that it would appear sometime in late summer with August floating around. Well, August 31st definitely honors that promise. I'm okay with that because that's close to my birthday. So, um, yeah, you're close to Vicky's too. But, uh, in it's nice, it's a nice release date because Marvel Secret, Division, Secret Invasion will have its six episode run from. June 21st to July 26th. And Disney has learned several times over the last year that flooding Disney plus with Marvel and Star Wars at the same time is not exactly a great tactic. Is that why Loki and Echo are coming out towards the end of the year, maybe? Quite possibly. And with Echo, that's all being dropped at once. Is I don't it? Know if that means yeah. Are they leaving the show or the fact that let's just get it done and over with and move on? <laughs> right. We spent the money know. on it. We got to put it out, but don't we don't know. have to drag it. I don't know. I would almost rather they do that with Loki and, and spread out. Loki, though, if you remember the first season, it has so much stuff going on that it helps oh. to have that week in between to think about it. It was so hard. It was so hard. <laughs> anyway, um, so, yeah, letting things breathe for a month makes sense as late coming Marvel fans will be catching up on secret invasion twists and turns. And as the hype for the movie leads into the Marvels, uh, we'll be building before its November release. By the time Ahsoka r- arrives, Viewers will be just as hungry enough for our late summer back to school content like a major Star Wars event series, which is what we talked about last week. Star Wars is an event. So coming out around Labor Day is a great start. You know, we, we've said that many times on this show about Solo Star Wars story. It was too soon to be coming out Memorial Week or yeah Memorial Weekend after Last Jedi. 
they had just pushed it back to Labor Day, you know, back to school, I think it would have had much more success and given it a few more months away from The Last Jedi to not yeah. fall victim to The Last Jedi. And that would have given Ron Howard just a bit more time to, to work out other kinks, which I was happy with the film. Right. But I want to see a Ron Howard cut because I'm curious to know what kinks he would have worked out and how it would how the film would have tweaked a lot better if it would. So, um, so what is Ahsoka about? Well, Ahsoka is being done by Dave Filoni, who, you know, head of creative for Lucasfilm, but was the master of the animated universe, the guru, um, the Yoda of the animated universe, a pivotal series leading into Filoni's Mandalorian universe event film, which will bring the characters of the Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and Ahsoka together. I hope they also bring in Skeleton Crew into this as well, into this film. It should, because they've, they've made it a big deal, the fact that Skeleton Crew is part of this world. Yeah, and this film is supposed to... World is part of Star Wars, but... And this, this film is supposed to be a Avengers-esque film for Star Wars. Hmm. A chance to bring all these characters to the big screen for, for a big screen appearance, which I think is cool. Why not? Anyway, um, the threat that these Star Wars heroes will be... Facing is the return of Grand Admiral Thrawn, which has already been hinted at in Mandalorian Season 3. A long-lost Imperial leader who is hailed as the heir to the Empire after Palpatine's seeming death. You see the rumor that um, someone was running with today, that or this week, that that is actually what Filoni's film is. It's supposed to be an adaptation of Heir to the Empire. Yeah, but I hope not. No. I don't think so. I, that, I, not, I don't want that I don't want it to be a direct I don't see how you can with the way the um, current canon runs if, right, exactly. if it's, if it's going to be something in regards to Heir to the Empire, Baloney better have Timothy Zahn writing on yeah, the definitely. screenplay that way it's Zahn retconning Heir to the Empire to fit current time. They I wouldn't no bring stuff from the, the trilogy in but yeah, I definitely don't want to direct Adaptation. No. I wouldn't mind no. Filoni doing it if Filoni's writing it because I trust that I trust Filoni. I understand, but Filoni went to Zahn for all the Thrawn stuff for Rebels. How yeah. how does he retcon Thrawn into Rebels? Right. Zahn was, I believe, consulted in all of that. Well, I, I saw a couple of interviews, and mainly he was brought in to make sure that the character of Thrawn was still Thrawn. Yes. The details and stuff he didn't have any um, real say in. It was just a matter of making sure that that character stayed who that character is. Well, there's more involved than just going, yeah, that works, that works. Yeah, but so, it, was, it was a consulting thing. It wasn't, he wasn't basically writing the story and stuff. Right. Well, that's what, that's what I meant. Yeah. He was brought in to, to make sure the retcon was done right with Thrawn. I say if Thrawn's going to be a major factor of this film, the Mandoverse film, Timothy Zahn needs to be helping to write it. I know he's, he'll but definitely get a right credit probably. Oh, he'll so get a credit involvement. Yeah. We'll get a creator credit. Sure. Uh, now Nisoka actor addresses Sabine Wren using a lightsaber in the new series. Natasha Liu Bordizzo is opening up about Sabine Wren's lightsaber. Uh, Before you get in, I have no problem with it because she was swinging the dark saber. Yeah. It's the same thing. She knew how to, she t learned, remember towards the end of Rebels, she actually was trained by um, Ezra and Kanan to use the Darksaber, which is a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't have a problem with it. I'm just, I just want to know where she got it, where it came from. I want to know the story behind it. Um, well, in the footage that screened exclusively for those at attendance and celebration, it showed Sabine wielding a green bladed lightsaber. I'm trying to remember. I believe the Sokos were green, weren't they? Yes, until season seven. Then they went blue because Anakin tweaked them. And then she went white. Yep. Because she pure, supposedly, story is she purified um, some Sith sabers. Hmm. Yeah, my lightsaber is white and um, Survivor also. Um, Ezra's staple gun saber is blue. But I want to say uh, he later replaced his lightsaber with a more traditional green bladed one. Yeah, but he took, he, I believe he took that with him on the, um, with the Pergils. Did he? Are we sure? I'd have to go back and watch, but actually. So, uh, but, you know, the story from comicbook.com saying it's odd that for a Mandalorian warrior, uh, though Sabine did train with the lightsaber before handing it over to Bo-Katan, uh, is wielding a lightsaber. Uh, she says swinging a lightsaber requires some special training as well. Uh, Ordizzo spoke with Empire about her training for Ahsoka in the magazine's latest issue. Uh, her quote, I'm just really glad that it's out there. It's been really hard talking about my fight training without talking about the fact that it's saber training, which is literally all I've been doing for so long. The Mandalorian physicality is very Western, and then the saber style is very samurai influenced. Trying to embody those two things, sometimes one right after the other, and the choreography was super interesting because they're both central, both such different modes of being. I really had fun with the journey of trying to master both. So uh, the question then gets brought up, is Sabine Wren using Ezra's lightsaber in Ahsoka? Um, what she says is what I can tease, avoiding spoilers, is it's just part of her journey, not just the saber itself, but what comes with that, what that means, and what the mindset it takes to wield that weapon. Now we know she is in, Ezra, she's been taking up residency in Ezra's hideaway on Lethal in his tower. That's his Lothcat that's up there. Hmm. Very well could be his saber. That's, I'm kind of scrubbing through the final episode of Rebels right now. Uh, now, she did say uh, it took so it took a long time, and I think the hardest part was probably just doing it justice because you don't want to do anything, want it to be anything but awesome. So reaching that level of physicality uh, physically takes its time. So if we get season two, I'm training from now, the minute it's announced, that I'll, I'll be back in that. I love it. <laughs> so, but... Hopefully she's in the movie, so train this if you're going to be doing it in the movie as well. Just saying. Um, then I I saw this announcement in the oddest of places. Do tell. Well, y'all know I'm a big hockey fan. I didn't know that. And, and I know no. Nancy Nancy wants you? to Nancy wants to kill me now. But hopefully she should be happy because the Panthers beat the Maple Leafs, so they're not going either. So, um, but. Uh, I think she's checked out now, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so during a recent appearance on Sport Night's Hockey Night Canada, where he was supporting the Edmonton Oilers in a match against the Vegas Golden Knights, which Vegas ended up winning that series four games to three, Jaleel White revealed that not only is he in the series Skeleton Crew, or in the series Skeleton Crew, really, but he will be playing a pirate which required him to undergo a lengthy makeup process. <laughs> Quite interesting. Very. 
while appearing on the program and being asked about future projects, White revealed, I'm actually going to be in a new series on Disney Plus starring Jude Law called Skeleton Crew. Yeah, it's coming out in November, November, December, and it's part of the Star Wars universe. So that's a big change for me. Hmm. I had to do two hours of makeup every day. I get to play a pirate. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we know that um, the pirate, one of the pirates from the Mandalorian season three is going to be in it. Well, Gorian Shard, we don't know if he is, but the one guy that um, made multiple appearances in the season, he's supposed to actually be in Skeleton Crew also. Uh, so Vane. Okay. I don't know if you guys remember which one that is, but uh-uh. he's the one that was the pilot. He, he was originally, in, he was the guy that was running the crew that they first threw out of the um, school. Oh, okay. Back with Gorian Shard later, and he's um, the head pilot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Supposedly, I believe he is actually part of Skeleton Crew also. Hmm. Okay. I'm trying to see if IMDB's got a listing. I wonder in what respects. Well, the only the only thing they're showing... Ah. Wait, we'll cast him. For series cast, all they have listed is Jude Law, Carrie Condon, Ryan Kiara Armstrong, Ravi Cabot Conyers, Tundi Adabimpi, Karina Crater, and Robert Timothy Smith. And it looks like the series is going to be, uh, the first season is going to be eight episodes. So Jaleel White's not listed yet. Hmm. Well, perhaps he was not supposed to make that announcement. Could be. Yeah, I'm assuming on this one um, that the pirates are going to be kind of antagonists for um, Jude Law and the kids. Probably. Logical. Probably. Especially considering this is supposed to be like Goonies in Star Wars. But supposedly it's not, is what they're saying now. It's conflicting different things. Yeah. Well, uh, according to uh, Wikipedia, the series follows four kids who end up on an adventure to make their way home after being lost in the galaxy following a discovery that they make on their home planet. To me, that says Goonies in space. Yeah. Goonies Sorry. in space. <laughs> so, um, no, I, I'm excited for, for, for Skeleton Crew. And I'm seeing something else that does say that Jaleel White's in it. So Yeah. He may have actually said that and um, wasn't supposed to say it yet. Could be. He did not go, I doubt it. He did not go through the Dave Filoni school of interviews. Yeah. He probably sounds like he doesn't even know who Dave Filoni is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just curious. This is this is now one of those. I'm curious. It, I, I'm almost curious. He's an American actor. How how did he become a an Oilers fan? I, I'm wondering what the connection is there with the Oilers. <laughs> Sorry, you lost me. <laughs> anyway, um, why the, the Oilers was a um, what you call it? Houston team. Wrong Oilers, Edmonton. Um. And then uh, Visions, your take on Visions. I was not quite as impressed as I was with the first season myself. Okay. I mean, the stories were okay. Yeah. Well, um, I've only watched three episodes. Um, Of the three episodes, I liked the second episode, although I wasn't liking it at first, but then when it got to the end and the final story was revealed, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. The first and third story were meh, okay, nothing to write home about. But I, I don't know. I, I kind of didn't really. Um, I never really finished the first season, so I can't really speak too much on it. I don't know. It's just not. I don't know. For some reason, the visions thing doesn't really grab me like I thought it would. For me, it was studios that I wasn't expecting great things from because I, I haven't been a big fan of the studios with other works 
really impressed me. And a couple of the studios who I really loved their work, I was a little disappointed with. Now, the, the Wallace and Gromit studio, which I believe they did I Am Your Mother. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. That one was fully what I expected. Yeah. That's, that's ex- the one I'm actually mostly looking forward to. That's yeah. the one I expected it to be the typical studio, and it, and it fit it perfectly. Mm-hmm. I went back and watched it a second time to try and see if I could find a Wallace and Gromit cameo. Because <laughs> I was expecting that. I was expecting that. Um, that would be like in the background. That would be weird. yeah, yeah. Uh, For me though, it, it's weird. The first season felt like it could have been Star Wars adjacent a little bit, or it was um, had the same inspiration considering it was all Japanese anime style. So a lot of samurai, a lot of things that basically inspired Star Wars to start with, anyway. Right. This one, they were kind of all over the place because the studios were from all over the place. Right. Derek, did you see the one uh, called The Spy Dancer? It was from the French studio. Uh, I think it was a French studio. Not sure. Okay. That one That one was a lot better than I expected it to be. Really? Yeah. So I, I Am Your Mother and The Spy Dancer. Definitely two, I would suggest. Uh, the... The only other one that I kind of really got into was um, Screechers Reach. That's the one. That's the one that at first I wasn't sure I was enjoying it, but the end by the end I was like, oh okay, I like what they did with that one. That was yeah. The one. That was one I had to watch twice. Once I understood what was going on with it, it's like it became very very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now the first one, Sith. Just yeah, that I, one I, I didn't I, really love and and that that's one that surprised me because i love el gary's i love that studio's work and i felt this one fell flat yeah another thing that's weird feels a little different here compared to um if i remember what i remember of the original visions comics and stuff um is if i remember the original visions was um they were like elseworld stories that are told outside of canon but they were still star wars stories it felt like they're in the Star Wars universe, yeah. told in different ways. It, None it, of the most of these, if there was no lightsabers in them, or if the, if there was no stormtroopers, no lightsabers, they really don't feel like they're part of Star Wars. Yeah, it's like there's other stories that they decided, okay, well, let's add Star Wars elements to them. It, it's almost like, um, see, I didn't feel that way about the first season. Season the first, no, the first season, season. No, the first season was totally, was different. This season here, though, a no, lot of the stories feel like they're just i don't know like i said you added some lightsabers add some stormtroopers and now it's star wars that's how the first season kind of felt to me so the fir- first season felt like star wars as told through a japanese mythos yeah which i think they were going for that's why they went with all japanese studios this one felt like um leia or han reading to ben children's books so to speak or different bedtime stories type five these were these were stories Fictional stories that were in the Star Wars universe, whereas season one felt like to me, what if Star Wars was done Japanese styling from the get go? These are the tales we will have got. Yeah. What if George had actually leaned farther into the um, yeah. Sawa style? Yeah. Or the anime style. So, I mean, there were a couple episodes from season one that I was like, eh. But the stuff that hit the more traditional anime and even going back to the anime look of like the 70s from when the franchise started, I absolutely loved. But like Derek said, where it didn't catch it, like I've not gone back and rewatched them. I saw them the one time I saw them and that was it. Mm. 
Uh, you know, I'm guilty of the same thing. Even though I wanted to go back and watch them, I'm guilty of the exact same thing. Which is kind of funny, too, because they're all short episodes. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know. yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's actually, a, I think, part of the problem with as much as we have now. Like, I've not gone back to watch Mandalorian seasons one and two or even three. now. I've not right. gone back to watch any of the other stuff much. Mm-hmm. I've only seen the um the movies since the Disney or any of the content since Disney's taken over, I've only seen the, the movies a handful of times each. That's why I need to get back to my, uh, my rewatch experiment that I'm, that I was doing on my New England Society of Geeks podcast. So I can rewatch them all. Yeah. But I uh, want to change the format a bit. I want to do something different with it. I, I'm actually rewatching tales for tales of the Jedi. Are you? Yeah. I know it sounds odd, but I am actually rewatching Tales from Tales, Tales of the Jedi. And I'm also rewatching Kenobi as well. I still have so much other stuff to watch. I don't have time to rewatch anything. <laughs> I had to actually sit down and write myself up a schedule. <laughs> for each night, I pick a streaming service and I pick what to watch for that night. And <laughs> just, to catch, just so that, I can catch up on everything. That's funny. There's so much out there now. That's fine. So, uh, so overall, um, I guess with this one, how many Dianaga monsters would you give Star Wars Visions? Out of what? Out of five. Uh, well, since I've only seen three episodes, I'm going to give it three. <laughs> Straight down the middle. <laughs> okay. See, it's weird trying to rate this because, it, I mean, it was fine. I'm probably right. going to just heat her down the middle of three because it was fine. There was nothing really wrong with it. It's just right. wasn't what I'm looking for for Star Wars for me. Mm. I'm telling you, this whole thing stinks like Dianoga poo. See, that's why uh, I, I actually, um, for a little bit now, I've been um, Michael Rosenbaum and uh, Tom Welling from Smallville actually started a rewatch podcast for Smallville. Mm. And, um, Rosenbaum actually has a different type of rating system he does for their shows. And um, it's basically you go plus or minus three. A zero is a heater right down the middle. It's just a it's just a good episode. It was not not fantastic, not terrible. It was just it was there. Sense. Then you yes. get plus one, two, like a plus three is the greatest thing ever seen. Mm. No, I kind of like be a terrible. I kind of I mean, like that rating system. Yeah. That's not bad. See, for me in this one. This would be a heater. It'd be right down the middle. Just a, it'd be a, um, just a heater. Mm. You know, I stopped the star speeder with my face once. My forehead's all bondo. I kind of like that. That type, like I said, I like that type of rating system because it's like on a normal one to five, a three or zero to five, a three is like oh, it's only halfway there. Mm. But in that and the other, looking at the other way around, a, a zero is a just solid. It's a good episode, or it was a just. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was there though. It was worth watching. See, no, that's the first time I've ever heard of that rating system, and I, yeah. I like it. I, 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 I think yeah. we, I think we cool. adapt it here, and it kind of almost has that Sabak vibe too. Mm-hmm. Remember, in Sabak, you're trying to get to zero, trying to go even, trying to go zero, mm-hmm. and you have negative and plus card, you know, positive and negative cards. So yeah, it's our Sabak rating. What would you give it? <laughs> One to three. Negative or positive or zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that works. Thank you, Michael Rosenbrun, for the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I, I got to do the same thing. I got to go like zero or or three. Here I am already instituting our new the new system. Zero, yeah. 
So all three of us are saying zero. Instead of saying it's a zero, no, it's a heater. It's right down center. He calls it the rose and balm system. That you get roses for the positive and bombs for the negative. <laughs> I like that. That works. You get one, two, or three. You get a heater down the middle, or you get one, two, or three roses, or one, two, or three bombs. That works. I can deal with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're gonna. We're gonna have to come up with our own version of it. But yeah. Mm. Uh, I will. I will figure out the uh, what the sabak hands are. Full sabak zeros. I'll, I'll. I'll figure it out. I've got the. I've got the uh, different the rule. Yeah, I've got the rules, so just got to figure it out. I mean, obviously, you know, the worst of the worst is, you know, obviously Bantapoodoo. Dianogapoo. I'm telling you, this whole thing stinks like Dianogapoo. But um, if y'all check your show notes. There are show notes? There are show notes. Our outline for tonight's show. show. Our outline for tonight's show. Mm, And what are we checking for? I have uh, the test. The test. I'm sorry, I don't see that. It's the quiz. Nope, I don't see it. Don't see that anywhere. Nope. Answer ten questions. We'll tell you what Star Wars movie to watch. Don't tell me what. I'll tell you what. Don't you tell me what Star Wars? (laughs) Tell you the. Okay. (laughs) Enough said, right? Enough said, right? So, uh, they had this out for what movie should you really watch? Make sure you watch on May fourth. Just oops, we missed it. Let, let I'm gonna I'm gonna change it up. Let's do this as what movie you want to see one of the films. You don't know what to watch. This becomes let's see if it could guess our go-to film. I already know what mine is, but I'm curious to see if this is it right. So mm. pick a hero: Anakin, Luke, Qui Gon, Mace, Yoda, Ray, Leia, Han, Mon Mothma, or Poe Dameron. Wow, yeah, they only give you one or two choices, don't they? Yep, pick. A villain, General Grievous, Darth Maul, Dryden Voss, Kylo Ren, Darth Vader, Grand Moff Tarkin, Krennic, Dooku, Palpatine, Snoke. Pick a Stormtrooper, Classic Stormtrooper, First Order Stormtrooper, Sith Trooper, Mud Trooper, Shore Trooper, Clone Trooper, Scout Trooper, Snow Trooper, Executioner Trooper. I prefer battle droids. You do? It's one of the answers. Right Pick from. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready to move on. All right. Choose a destination from the galaxy. Glee, Anselm, Alderaan, Coruscant, Geonosis, Naboo, Tatooine, Jakku, Canto Bright, Jimmy, or Hoth. Well, I just got out of my Hoth season up here, so. <laughs> as, did as did Ken, right, Ken? <laughs> pick an this year wasn't that bad, though. Pick an alien or creature to travel by your side. Porg, Wookiee, Hawakian Monkey Lizard, Lothcat, Gungan, Gungan, Pimonian. Ewok, Aberbor, Rodian, or EOP. I mean, come on, you know, like. <laughs> show. One of those was not a co- traveling companion. It was dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Pick a color. Green, blue, red, purple, pink, yellow, orange, black. What's your favorite Star Wars series so far? Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Andor. This one's a little tougher. Andor, Resistance, Mandalorian, Kenobi, Bad Batch. Rebels, Book of Boba Fett. This is tough. Hmm. <coughs> I'm going to go when you're ready. I'm ready to go. All right. All right. Pick I'm a, ready. Oh, this is a tough one, too. Pick a droid. Gonky, which is the gonk droid from Bad Batch. R2-D2, R5-D4, L337, BB-8, BB-9E, which is the First Order all droid that we see. 
C-3PO and a battle droid. I'd say L-337, but she, I think, is the creepiest droid we've seen in a while. Yeah. A little droid taker. Pick a ship. The Falcon, Razorcrest, Star Destroyer, N-1 Starfighter, TIE Fighter, X-Wing, A-Wing, Y-Wing, B-Wing, Jedi Starfighter. And the last question. Choose an outfit. Jedi robes, Alderaan royalty, Chandrillan chic, Hoth fatigues, Forest camouflage, Sith armor, Naboo gown, Perillion streetwear, Stormtrooper armor, or Sith trooper armor. Hmm. Interesting. So, Ken, what did you come up with? Your answer. Th- this was weird because um, I took I did the test a little different. I I had question. I tried to break the quiz, <laughs> but I put answers all over the place. And it ended up coming up with my go-to movie anyway. It actually is the one I usually would go to would be Return of the Jedi. <laughs> okay. It's weird. It ended up right where it's supposed to be, even though the question, the answers were all over the place. <laughs> what about you, Derek? Well, mine did not pick my go-to movie, but it did have an interesting choice. So here we go. <clears throat> you might want to buckle up, baby. Then make the jump to hyperspace and watch Solo, a Star Wars story. Weird. <laughs> My my go-to movie is Empire. Mine too. My second go-to is Rogue One. But the one that it said I should watch on Star Wars Day or I should watch based on these le- uh, 10 questions, Solo, Star Wars Story, <laughs> which is also in my top three. So, or top I mean, five. I wouldn't mind watching it again. It's, it's, it's a great movie. I really, yeah, I liked it. Now, I think it's funny that you and I get it after talking about how it should have been a Labor Day event, not a Memorial Day event earlier mm-hmm. in the show. So, um, any final thoughts, guys? You know yeah. what? I want to throw something. Well, go ahead, Derek. I'm gonna, well, I'm going to throw a challenge out to people's. Oh, okay. All right, then. I'll go first. So, I just happened to catch a thing on uh, my Facebook today about the Boston Fan Expo that's coming um, August 4th to the 6th. And uh, check out this for Star Wars guests. We got Ashley Eckstein, uh-huh. Hayden Christensen, uh-huh. Rosario Dawson, William Shatner. Just kidding, I just threw that one, but he is actually in there. Emily Swallow, friend of the show. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, Vivian Lyra Blair, young Leia herself. And some cool voice actors as well, including uh, Matt Lanter. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Both versions of Anakin are there. Are going yeah. to be, there. yeah. James Arnold Taylor, Kenobi, yep. and uh, that's it. Ashley Eckstein should be there too, probably, isn't she? Yeah, I already said Ashley Eckstein. Okay, the, the three of them have actually been traveling um, for the last year at least, traveling to conventions together. They've been the, booking them together as a trio. Uh, that whole list is pretty much they are almost exclusive outside of celebration they have been exclusive to fan expo yeah well when they did fan expo cleveland emily swallow actually um the lucasfilm had brought over the actual armor um costume and she was walking around the expo with the costume on for like half half or three quarters of saturday yeah she was walking around as a cosplayer wearing the actual on-screen armor or costume yeah and no one knew it was her. I saw the video of it. It was great. I had a bunch of friends at Fan Expo. I almost went to Cleveland one, and I was like, man, I should have. I don't know. I'm like, oh, maybe I should go to that in August. Yeah. And you said you had a final thought. 
Yeah, I have an interesting idea. I'm gonna throw it out to you guys too. But um, everybody listening, if we would do something like we would, I mean, it would take some scheduling for us. But um, would you guys interested in possibly doing a watch through some of the movies together? We basically would be doing our commentary on it. We I, we can't. I mean, sure. I don't know. We can figure out a way to run the audio with it or something, or we can sync it up so people can watch it later on their own. <laughs> Maybe pick one of the movies and try it out. And if we if we have fun with it, then we can do some of the other ones. But uh, uh, it's something I would actually I would t- toss out to the listeners, guys. If you see if you want us to do something like that, I don't know. Is it something they'd be interested in watching or we, listening to? We could potentially do the audio track underneath. I would just have to bury it. Yeah. Mm. Well, we could just do it as an audio commentary track, and people would just tell them when to sync up and hit go. I was thinking of one one of the things I was thinking of doing for my rewatch experiment on New England Society of Geeks is I, I wanted to try to find somebody to rewatch it with me, all the, everything with me, so I could actually talk to somebody yeah. instead of just doing it on my own. But I'd be interested because we well, yeah. like a lot of sometimes the um, good and the bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if you really wanted to do it, I was thinking maybe once a month doing it. That's what I'm thinking. I, I wouldn't want to do it more than like that. No, no, no. Yeah, like, once, once a month, once once a month could do it. It, it. That could be a special episode for us. We could, but I'm also talking about not just the movies, also the the Clone Wars, all the yeah. cartoons, everything in chronological order, which I have. I have it all. I have a list oh, of everything. Wow. Including, you know, that's, that's years of doing stuff. Yeah, I know. Including, um, I have the the Clone Wars story arcs broken down into chronological that, order. I, say, I would do the Clone Wars and stuff like that as story arcs instead of one episode at a time because that's going yeah, to be no, yeah, no, that's yeah, time. that's how I was playing. That's how I started doing it. But anyway, but that would be kind of fun. Yeah, because yeah. you did it once a month, but you could do it anytime you want during the month. You know what right. I mean? It wouldn't have to be a specific day. Right, and then we just get together and we talk about it. Yeah, but. Listeners, it's up to you guys. Send us some messages. Let us know. Do you want to see this? If it's one or two people, then it's like it's okay. But if we get like twenty or thirty people saying, "Hey, we would listen to this," <laughs> maybe there'll be special editions for Wiki Radio or something. Yeah. Or do you want to hear we this? Just do it over on yours, Derek. <laughs> uh, that would be fine as well. I wouldn't mind that. I would actually, or, I would love that because it would give me content. That could be actually be a joint episode or joint thing, project between New England Society Geeks and Wiki Radio. Even yeah. we don't know. I like the way you think, Ken. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, we could release them on both. Yeah. All right. Well, so listeners, good listeners and smugglers out there, let us know. Is this what? Is this something you want us to hear? Tell you what, Ken. Write up the uh, the post, and I'll post it up on Wiki Radio's Twitter and Instagram. Wait, how did I get extra work out of that? <laughs> your idea. <laughs> um, I have one thing to say to you, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I think J7 has something to say. Gentlemen, sounds like there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jets, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Oh, <laughs> my